Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 89 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Perhaps the most dangerous episode ever, Willie. Why is it dangerous? The, the storm's coming. Just, it, come on, just go with it. It, it builds drama. Yeah, it's dangerous. I'm your host, There's Christian Piles, joined by Willie Saylor. You hear him right now. We found a couple more of those, uh, those AOL Online discs. We've got, <laughs> we have a 1,000-hour free trial. So we should be good through the next couple shows, at least to get to 100. Assuming. Are, are you hunkered down? Did hun- you get Did you get staples? Did you get um, the bread, the milk, the butter? Katie thinks she's she's smart. She like she's like, you know what? I'm gonna go. She went on Tuesday or Monday even. She's like, I'm gonna get it while there's still bread. So we got the bread, but then I still went. It'll yesterday. be expired by the time the stores are. <laughs> Yeah, it may be. It's but I think you can live on stale bread if if it comes down to it. Um but then so I'm in I'm at the grocery store and Willie Willie calls me cuz I'm getting a couple of final rations, some survival gear. And um I was kind of uh, I was talking with Willie and I was kind of mocking like I'm like why do people always get milk? Like milk is the most essential. Like I don't drink that much milk. I drink pretty much only water. And he's Willie as as smug as you can possibly imagine, well, milk's the most complete food. I don't know where you go. I didn't know where you're going. It is the most. Complete. You are so. You are so. You idiot. Milk is well, the most complete food. I, I know. My, my grandparents were dairy farmers. Okay, so you you you're up on like Dwight Schrute knows beets. You know milk. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just like to support farmers, especially dairy farmers. I mean, we have. You know, I'm gonna like really dork out. So, <laughs> did you so name I, the cows I, before I, we start? Did you, you name know, the cows? I did not name the cows. I looked down on farms that named the cows. <laughs> Why would you name the cows? I mean, you don't kill the dairy cows. Yes, you do. When they oh, get old, you you butcher them. Do you really? For dinner, yes. Oh, those poor so, things. So do you know when I was far like my grandparents farmed I pretty much lived there uh but this the prices they were getting for milk were the same prices that they were getting in like 1974 Really Yeah so like you know 20 years freaking later same same price same uh, market for milk So support the dairy farmers drink your milk it does a body good It does it does indeed So yeah I got the milk um we're shopped up. We're ready. We're hunkered down. Al Roker's talking about us, uh, where I live, approximately. He was actually, um, he mentioned Harrisonburg, Virginia, which, Willie, that's... How many people are there, three? That's the street... Shut up. There's, that's where the street beefs go down, Willie, Harrisonburg. How, what if they have a special winter version of street beefs? I don't know. We talk about street beefs a lot, me and Christian, on this show. If you have not seen street beefs, go to YouTube and Type. search street beefs, because... It is the Jerry Springer of MMA. You can get lost in it, like, 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you can get lost in this street beast world. Don't sleep so on. So is Harrisburg? This is for Andrew Farrar. Uh, is Harrisonburg in the Shenandoah Valley? Or? Absolutely. Absolutely, right in the middle You're of it. Public metropolis of the Shenandoah Valley. Listen, I will. You know what? I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna only to refer myself as being from the Shenandoah Valley from now on. The way you you besmirched my beloved land. Um, you know what? You you showed your ignorance there, Willie. You showed your ignorance. Well, um, you're talking about Lehigh Valley. Lehigh Valley, we have. There's like fourteen. It's like four miles. Lehigh Valley, we have. Indoor plumbing, electricity, and wrestling. I don't know what the Shenandoah Valley has other than trees and. We technically a... have all of those things as well. Mm-hmm. Plus allegedly. Plus, yeah. Plumbing. I mean, the wrestling is actually the most um, sketchy point there. And there's nothing wrong with using an outhouse, Willie. There's nothing wrong with it. No, I don't think so. You've I mean, used an outhouse before, I, haven't you? Have a good time. No. Come yes, on, you've used an outhouse. Yes, I have. So, it, like, let's get into wrestling. Are you gonna? You're not gonna make Blair Sendul, but we're gonna have Mike Malinconico. How about that? I was Mike gonna say we're so going to the bullpen, but it's like this isn't the bullpen. We, we're no. he's a big gun. This yeah. could be great. I actually, I'm very bringing excited. out Ricky Vaughn. Yeah. Wait, who? Jimmy Vaughn. Oh, the is this a major ma- league? Have you not seen no, major? No, I haven't seen major league. How can you go through life without seeing Major League? Here I am, Willie. I made it this far. So, yeah, Mike Mal's going, which some of you are probably thinking upgrade, which that may be fair. Um, It's going to be great. He lives in Jersey. One first two in the country. Holy cow. Now, okay, St. Paris Graham, do they have a gripe here in this mix that they beat beat Blair? Uh, Yeah, they kind of do. But do they they really? I mean, could they not have got it done at Iron Man? Weren't well, they I'll all there at Iron Man? St. Paris Graham fans are typically um, very hard on me. They really um, they don't they don't like my rankings often. But um, so Graham beats Blair. Blair beats everybody at who's number one duels. They won um, Beast of the East. They were second behind Semi Iron Man. So the way I have it is that Blair and Sam are one-and-one versus each other, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on one hand, I mean, Blair and Graham. Blair and Graham are one-and-one against each other. So Blair won Iron Man. I mean, Blair beat Graham at Iron Man, essentially, by a wide margin, a significant margin anyway. Mm-hmm. And Graham beat Blair in a dual 7-7 on bonus points. So I have it 1-1 split edge to Blair. Um... Yeah. And I have them two and three in the country behind Seminary. Now, what do you think about that process, Christian? Uh, I think it should be Sim, Blair, SPG right now. That's, that's, that's the way it is. Yeah. And so when I – I, I, I don't think, think Paris – say Paris Graham acts like they have a gripe. I mean, you were all there at Iron Man, guys. Well, yeah, but they were all there in the building for the duel as well. Okay. Yeah. But uh, what I was saying, Graham, Graham fans typically – Get a little bit heated at me for my team ranking. You do hate Ohio, but but, but this time, um, they're like they're like, no, I get it. That, that makes sense to me. Okay. So, at least, you know, I'm not taking, I'm not taking heat from them right now. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I I'm kind of pretty bummed. I'm not gonna be able to go, but glad someone's gonna be able to cover Blair Sim, and then Sim takes on Bergen Catholic like yeah, a week. So, with... Right. There's there's a couple more steps to the national championship picture. It's uh, Blair, Sam this weekend, one versus two, and then Sam will will face Bergen in a couple weeks, or two weeks, um, at third place, and then national preps. Okay. Where oh, Blair yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam will be again, which is a little murky because Sam will be using post-grads, you know, so. Yeah, how does that work? They, can't, they don't get yeah. the count. Do you well, like you subtract? Can say, you could you take you could take points away, but then you would have to add points of the person they would have used. You know what I mean? It's well, no. You just t- I just take all their points away. Why would you take their points away? Because you're you're wrestling. Let's say, let's say they get forty points for the post grab they used, but 
if they didn't use a post-grad, maybe they would get 20. Why would you take all the 40 points away? Well, how would you ever know how many to add? You know they shouldn't get any points for a, a 19-year-old man winning a, a prep tournament. No, but they might get it for a 16-year-old sophomore that's... Uh, but you don't, that you don't know. What you do know that is that 19-year-olds should not factor into high school rankings. So you take those guys out and... No. Yeah. Nope. You can't you could, so some imaginary fictitious backup guy gets gets a bump. I mean that doesn't make sense. Well, you can't act like they don't exist. Mm-hmm. You can't act like they don't exist, and they're doing things the way. Look, if a guy needs a prep year, a guy wants a prep year to to prepare for college, uh, you give them the opportunity. That's their system. That's they're not gonna you know. So they should sit that guy out because to satisfy wrestling rankings? Absolutely. Or should they, or should they do what's right for the individual that they're, they're coaching? I'm not saying hey, it's great for the individual, but don't don't expect high school team accolades to go along with it. Well, That's, just, uh, absolutely. I'm not saying you should. Just mean person. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, could, you could totally wipe away rationality, but if you know that a, a guy is going to take no worse than eighth, you know, let's say you, let's say you know that the guy's – Definitely the fourth best guy in the bracket. You could hypothetically give him like eighth place points. That you know. flies in the face of rankings. Okay, well then you're just being irrational. I don't believe that I am. Okay. Uh, anyways, that's fine. That's fine. It, it could be more. You know, one of the teams could win significantly. Maybe the team's post grads will balance each other out. Does Blair use them? No, Blair stopped using them. Um, and, you know, a lot of people – we were talking about this on uh, message boards the other day. You know, the, the, whole, the whole recruiting thing and how kosher is that and what school or – what high schools are public and what high schools are private. And, oh, yeah, they might be public, but – Give me a break. But give me a break, right? And so, actually, I was um, talking to a, a high school coach recently on the top team, and he, they were like – he was like, what's your – What's your take on recruiting? Do you like it? Do you hate it? You know, do you despise it? And I'm like, I'm like, that's where we're at now, man. I said for years, for years it ate at me. Like, um, I you're was, from Easton. I just happened to be, I just happened to be growing up at a time when national tournaments started taking, well, started actually occurring. I was at the first Ironman, which was pretty much the first national tournament. Now, there was Powerades, which had some teams from over the country, across the country. But it really wasn't a national, national tournament. It was it was a Pennsylvania tournament with an Ohio team in there and an Illinois team in there, maybe an Oklahoma team in there once in a great while. But Ironman, when I went to high school, it started the age of national in-season tournaments began. I was in the first Ironman. I was in the first Reno, which were these mega tournaments. And the fields back then were just as good, maybe even better than the ones we get today. Right. Uh, they were amazing. Recruiting. And and so these teams were made up of, you know, national teams. I mean, they were national teams. There was postgrads on them. Um, you know, and and people's. You know, people say, well, they weren't really, you know, they weren't really recruited. They did, you know, they started ninth grade. Walsh Jesuit doesn't have a middle school. St. Edwards doesn't have a middle school. Okay, well, when the kid's from 35 miles away, you know, you can say, oh, he wasn't recruited. He didn't transfer. Yeah, but the the student body comes from a 50-mile radius, right? So, like, we would we would get edged by these teams like we lost to Wal- Walsh Jesuit was number one in the country and Easton Easton we we, we tied twenty seven twenty seven lost on criteria or we lost in a tournament to Blair and I was bitter about it right like that shouldn't count like Quinn Foster is from Arizona and he's twenty three uh, the kid I wrestled in our, uh, Reno finals was uh, a Florida kid the year before he wrestled in Florida and so I was bitter like. Um, like, hey, man, we're all from the same hometown, you know? Uh, but I'm over that. I'm over that. The, the landscape that we have now is that um, the teams we have are the teams we have. It's, you know, if, if David Taylor's from Wyoming and moves to St. Paris, Ohio, I mean, yeah, I don't think we should ban St. Paris Graham. Um, that's just the way it is. 
uh, actually Apple Valley the other year. Apple Valley had more states represented than the Minnesota Gophers roster. <laughs> Some people said Apple Valley, uh, Alaska to Virginia because they had a kid from Alaska and they had Mason Mando from Virginia. And so... They had Dayton Racer too, right? Right. I mean, they had all kinds and of things. Mark so, Hall? And where's he from? Yep. So, I mean, where I'm at on recruiting is that's the age that we live in. Get over it. I If I got over it, you should get over it. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I just so understand, you know, wanting the best situation for your kid, right? Like, why should my, – my son's probably not going to be an elite wrestler, but if he was, I would – I don't want him to be coached by Buffalo Gap coaches, you know? Well, I, want, that, I want the best for him, right? That's the that's one thing. That's the one thing that I think it hurts the sport. Um, I, all the wrestling rankings in the world, I mean – What hurts the sport? Who gives a rip? But what hurts the sport, I think, is when you have a kid from Nowheresville, PA, that could finally get – I mean, he might be able to be the first state champion ever, or even if he's not the first state champion. I mean, maybe they have two kids that – you know, this school has two kids that would be state placers, and it's a source of pride for the town, um, a source of accomplishment. But instead, because the town is, is small and there might not be – um, training partners in the room, and I get it, to be the best kid that you want to be, to be the best wrestler you want to be, you want to be in a situation with great coaches and great workout partners every day, but that kind of robs that small town thing, and, and I don't know if it's, I don't think it's great for the health of the sport. Um, I guess, I but but this this kid, I don't know, you know, if a kid can reach that level at the small town, that's one thing. And I think you see that in Pennsylvania where there's a lot of incredibly good clubs and, and things that where, right. where so, guys can get good, and then you go back to your so high school. Get that smaller crush. school. Yep. So, so, like so if, I, if I had young guns school. in my backyard. They can drive to young guns, right? They can drive to these clubs, and, and they can stay at their hometown school. But for, for a lot of kids, that's not – not the option that's not the case you know could david could david taylor stay in a in a school full of 70 people in wyoming and still reach the levels that he wanted to reach now i'm of the opinion that uh i don't think maxing out in high school is going to hurt you in college like i don't think you have to max out in high school right sometimes i think it's to your detriment like look at look at a lot of the kids you know, when you when you really dig into recruiting rankings and recruit and like a nat analyzing recruits, you see that. I mean, there's a myriad of factors. There's a, a million factors why kids will or will not work in college, um, will or will not pan out. But um, one of them is. One of them is they're maxed out in high school. They had the best trading partners. They had the best environment. They had the best coaching. They wrestled the best schedule. Um, and they 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 hit their ceiling, right? Yeah. Now, maybe that kid in a small town isn't, isn't as good now in high school uh, because he didn't have all these opportunities because he didn't max himself out. He didn't, you know hit his ceiling but he has a better career in college because of that yeah yeah i mean i mean think about it right now in the last week we've had two four-time pennsylvania state champions that are you know their their first situations didn't work out for different re- for very different reasons but for you know the, i think there is something to be said for you know how many state titles did jason north win willie Three. Three. Oh, he won three. I thought he won like one or two. Anyways, I, I he, had, he had one or two career losses. He lost to I think Nikki Roberts. Nikki Roberts or Zane? I don't know. Wow. One of them. Holy cow! Holy cow! Um. Anyways, um. Do you want to transition to that right now? The the Haynes thing. Yeah. Are we good on yeah. the transfer? Um. You know, and I don't. I don't see. Uh, you, made, you you have in the notes here. Uh, another four-time PA champ is having issues. But I mean, not it, but I I didn't say issues. You know, just the leave. The situation didn't work. Yeah, I don't know if it has to do so much with like I don't I don't know if that's an indictment on 
four-time state champs no, in, PA, no. in PA or anywhere, right? It can, like, it could happen. These kind of situations could happen to anybody. Just it is interesting, though. I mean, just because ha- you're a four-timer in just because you're a four-timer in PA or Ohio or New Jersey or New York does not guarantee any sort of college success. Right, but it's such a rare. I mean, there's tons of four-time Ohio State champions. I mean, there's just not many in Pennsylvania. It's incredibly rare. So it, it, yeah. they, they were huge deals made when Jimmy oh, yeah. and Chance and Haynes won four. I mean, it's a. It's not. It's not for, you know, it's it's different. It's different mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, I mean, Thomas Haynes, is, his story's been an odyssey, right? It, yeah, bizarre. From Verbling to Penn State, but then they signed Nick Nevels, so he's not going to Penn State. And then goes to Ohio State. And I remember when it happened, people were saying, what happens if Snyder moves up? What happens? And I remember like completely poo-pooing that thought. I'm like, oh, I did too. I'm like, come on, Snyder's a career 97. He's look how big he is now. He's not gonna get much bigger. Uh, he's not gonna get. I don't think he was gonna get any taller. Um, this and you know they're recruiting with this end in mind. And they're gonna, you know, Ohio State's gonna do what they can to make this. And sure enough, one year in, he's he's too big. You know, yeah. and, and and I think the world title changed things too, right? Like, you change your focus. If he had gotten, you know, if he had lost to Varner and was third at the trials, you know, who knows what's happening. Maybe he's taking an Olympic year, but things are different, I think, with Snyder. But when he wins, you've got to go, kind of go all in for 97 kilos, and it, it's just, that's it. You can't beat Snyder, and Snyder's a heavyweight now. And we, Yeah, we I, I, was, I was the same way. When I, they said, you know, well, why, I don't know why Haynes go. What if Snyder moves up? I was like, no, that's he's never going to be a heavyweight. Yeah, no way, no way. So, it'll, I don't even know if I actually said that, but I definitely thought it at the time. I'm it's, like, give me a break. But it happened. It's really weird. I think I said it. I think I said it on the show before. I don't know, six months ago. That uh, I, you know, you can't you can't look back and second guess because nobody knew Nick Nevels was going to get hurt. Um. And who knows? Maybe if Nick Nevels is wrestling right now, he's ranked fifth in the country or second or first. I don't know. Um, so you you can't you can't go back and look at that in retrospect and say, well, if they would have had Haynes, yeah, but Haynes was did. hurt all last year too. I'm pretty sure he had shoulder but, but and head shoulder and knee surgery. Where you can question it, and I, you know, I'm not in the business of questioning. Kale Sanderson, but it's a talking point, is is that um, he would have been a heck of a lot cheaper than than Nick Nevels, and, and maybe they could use money. I, I don't know. I, you know, I've, I've gone down that road before. It doesn't seem like they need money, though. I mean, goodness gracious. They don't need money? I don't know. They keep signing the biggest recruits in the country. In spite of having loaded squads, Suriano's they, they going there. Manville's going there. Mark Hall's going there. And they're absolutely yeah, loaded right now. So I mean, recruiting dollars are scheduled through twenty forty two. Twenty forty two. Kale's through Kale's children, I think. I think he has. Some yeah. Boys. I think he has some boys. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Well, the other thing with with Haynes, it's like it's kind of been wor- just worst case scenario for him the way it worked out. Uh, up to this point, he's now. a great kid too, man. Right. Yeah, I got to he's talk family. to him. I got to talk to him a little bit at um, the Arizona State training camp. He just seemed like a super kid, but just didn't didn't work out. And he and Snyder were palling around that whole time, so I think it's you know it's not per, you know you know their teammates. Yeah, you know I I'm pretty sure that they um they all grew up around the same club. You know Southern Maryland or Southern PA near the Maryland line. Right. So. And they they've wrestled each other. each other so many times. Yeah, they've known each other for a long time. Um, I don't know. I, I think the world of Thomas Haynes, as far as um, character and 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 also, I think he's upside. I think he's crazy athletic. I think he can be really good if he has uh, if he's healthy. If he has if his health holds up and uh, his shoulder or whatever it is. Um, and I like his I like his chances. I'm glad he's. You know, I'm glad he's at a lock haven where um, maybe he can step right in and yeah. 
and not have to spot start or anything, you know, uh, get some matches under your belt, get some rhythm. Um, and, and I'm really interested to see how well he can do. And I'll tell you what, God, uh, I don't mean to pick on things, but heavyweight stakes. It's interesting. And I, I, I don't mean, I don't mean the weight class. I don't mean, I don't mean heavyweights boring, like, like that, like that kind of thing. I mean, right now, nationally, it's not very good. And the, I mean, the pipeline not is not strong either. Like, no, the no. future is not looking much better. I, it's, it's funny you say I that. Mean, you, okay, go ahead. It's funny because, well, uh, it's kind of a two-part story. Going to Super 32 and going to these high school tournaments, you know, you small talk with coaches. Yeah, what you, you know, what are you looking for? Not really interviews, just talking like, man, we need a heavyweight. Oh, go to this coach. Oh, we need a heavyweight, man. You know, you know, hey, do you know of any heavyweights? Sleep. Everyone's looking for a heavyweight. Okay, they're so at a premium right now to the point that when when this Haynes verbal was announced, I had multiple people reach out to me, including a coach. that's like, what? No heads up, man. You didn't let me know this was happening. Like, we would need a heavyweight too. And first of all, I had no idea this was happening. But that just kind of shows you like. These coaches are like, desperate. Oh, they're desperate, and not that you're, not that wanting Thomas Haynes is desperation, but you're no. talking about a very talented guy, a, a guy who's beaten good guys this year. I mean, you take him over a lot of guys. How many, how many phone calls, how many coaches do you think tried to talk to Thomas Haynes? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how this came. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not gonna say this blindsided me because obviously the writing was on the wall. He's not going to start for Ohio State, but at the same time, it's like, well, uh, you know, you know, I didn't hear anything. There's normally, normally I get a little scuttle. I got nothing. So, yeah, no. But you got to figure it, it was there was a fair amount of of uh, communication to Thomas because I mean, just looking at the heavyweight landscape, they are just so so hard to come by, and you know. You know, I think how many teams would kill for a Denzel Dijonet to find a guy like that I, that I you said, can mold. You know, the heavyweights, the heavyweight crop that you know in high school is down. I, I personally, I think um, the talent levels down across the board from 106. I think prospects from 106 to to heavyweight. I don't think it's very deep. Um, but but heavyweight, heavyweight's bad. Yeah. Heavyweight's bad in high school. Heavyweight's bad in college. I said six or eight years, six years ago, that this heavyweight crop is awesome. Like I, I really liked yeah. the heavyweight crop that was going through. And the we time. had an amazing run of heavyweights for a while there. And that was yeah. our, that was my whole point with the heavyweight class a couple years ago. People are acting like, "Come on, it's heavyweight." I'm like, "Do you understand the how good these brackets are? That we have Tony Nelson and Nick Wazdowski." And Adam Kuhn and Bobby Telford and Connor Medberry and Mike McMullen. Are you kidding me? All I mean, the uh, Flores was Flores was yeah. great. Ryan you know, Flores, Zach Ray. I mean, it was a great, great four year or so stretch of, of heavyweight wrestling. And right, and now and I mean I don't not to take anything away from I mean okay. You know, you have you have soup du jour you have you have soup de is that what? It's is not, that what six? He's six. All right, and it's, okay. So Sammy, Sammy Stoll's right after that, right? Seventh. All right. Now, no offense to Sammy Stoll. Look, when you are a redshirt freshman and you're ranked seventh in the country, and you come from a good pedigree, you know, you had an outstanding high school career. Um, you know, when you're ranked seventh in the country as a freshman, you're on the right track, right? Right. But what I'm saying is, I'm not. I'm not trying to put down Denzel Dijonet or Sam Stoll or anybody else. But I think, like four years ago, is like Stoll would be like way lower, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, he's, at, at this point in his career, you he would have lost. More. I mean, he's only lost to really good guys at this point. No, but I'm saying I'm, yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's I mean, not even say let's not even say Sam Stoll because it sounds like I'm picking on Sam Stoll or something. I'm not. I'm not. What I'm saying is take whoever the thirteenth guy is right now and assign him a value. Say his 
he is as good as X. On a scale of 1 to 10, he's a 7, right? right. Five years ago, a 7 wouldn't have been 12th in the country. Right. They would have been 20th or out. Or right? out. There's just no depth there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a year ago, and this is why I was bearish on, on Stoll, he got pinned in 51 seconds by Gage Hutchison. He got beaten by um, Henderson from, from Old Dominion, who was, I, I'm pretty sure, a non-qualifier. And so it just didn't look good, like he was going to be a, an elite guy. But sure enough, yeah, Jacob Henderson, he lost 5-3. So it was like, uh, I didn't see this coming, but, you know, he's he's improved a lot. And, yeah, I, di- I didn't expect – I mean, even a Ty Walls, who's ranked third and is really, really good. I mean, I didn't see this coming with him, and I, I watched him – his freshman year and thought he was fine and coming out of high school. Um, I, I just think, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's down a little bit. It's down. I, yeah. And I don't know, you know, with, and how much does that make like a prospect, like, like Gable Stevenson, you get Gable Stevenson. I mean, yeah, you get but... a, you get a number one, 125, 133 guy. You get a, you get a Nico or, uh, or a Delgado. It's a, it's a dog fight to, to win at once. And you can get a guy that's going to be head. Look at Gable Stevenson's head and shoulders ahead of his competition now as like a sophomore, right? What were you going to say? You were going to, you were going to be pulling me back down to earth there with Gable. What were you going to say? Well, I, I was going to say that's one guy. I, but, like, but that's but that's why he's so much more important. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. saying he's adding to well, the depth. I'm saying he's such an advantage. It's better to right. have the number one heavyweight than the number one 33 prospect. Yeah, I, I just I don't see that there's a lot of help coming for heavyweight in college. Uh, Stevenson, I think, is legit. Carrente, legit. Wood, legit. Stencil, legit. Kobe Woods, legit. Colton Schultz mm-hmm. is a freshman. Yeah, Schultz is going to um, be great. And those, those are all 220-pounders. At heavyweight, you got Osa, who's going to play football. football. You got Kevin Vo, not bad. Sean Strex, very good. But, I mean, and, and you got Seth Nevels, who's a sophomore. Um, Carter Isley's not bad. But, uh, you know, there's, there's not a whole heck of a lot of depth in high school either. But, so. you know, things are cyclical, right? Like, a couple years ago, it wasn't. Now it is. And then it'll, it'll come sure. back around again. And you it'll never know. Back. Look at uh, – yeah, and again, we're not talking about we're not talking about heavyweight as we're just talking about the depth. Like look at one sixty five. You had said one sixty five. We picked on you like to pick on one sixty five. I have to. You got a one forty one pounder, couldn't place at one forty one. He comes up three weights. He's ranked fourth right now. Okay. That that's just that happened, guys. I mean, like you can say you should. I mean, Steven Steven Rodriguez. 141, I don't know what was wrong with him at Big Tens last year, but he just looked re- like ran into the ground. And he comes back this year, moves up three weights, eh, I'll be top five. Top five. So, listen, yeah, I'm not I'm not picking the pick. It's like when you do the rankings and you see what everyone does every single week and have for years, like you know what you're looking at. And this was my point with, with 65, and it, it's – it's cyclical. Now the top three are absolutely amazing, Ringer, Jordan, Jordan. But then, you know, it, it falls off the map, and I'm sorry that it's true. But and you guys are all amazing, and the fact that you and you know we may look back at this, you know, a guy like Daniel Lewis, who's ranked ninth now, he could be the, a next star. And Shakur Rashid, I I obviously think he's excellent as well, and he's ranked 11. So it could by the time the season comes around but i'm just saying at this point right now there's a 41 pounder in the four spot up three weights that that happens is, do you think i mean we love wrestling right factual uh but you also have to be honest do you do you think that wrestling talent right now is down in college i don't know i uh depth is down in my opinion depth is down right depth like, is down. like our stars are there stars are there Right. But and yeah. even uh man, I need to go back to the first year I did I did the rankings. I mean, there were like I thought like 10 transcendent talents. Like it was it was it was ridiculous. I need to go back cuz I don't want to start spouting names. But it was Dake, Taylor, Ruth, JO, Steber. I mean, 
It's like, yeah. just like there. That was off the top of my head, and there's guys I forgot. But, but that being said, I mean, that's just, that's an odd era. Right, but that's the, I'm telling you, that's, okay. You're spoiled a little but, bit. So for me, you have to remember, that's the era when I first started ranking, and not that I wasn't immersed with the sport, but immersed to a degree that no fan really can be, because why would, why would you do this? Um, so yeah, I mean, there were, there were guys at one, I mean, there were absolute monsters. I, I, I'll never forget this. Drake Hudeschel is awesome. Hudeschel, Hudeschel, whatever. He was like borderline ranked an entire year and he was good. Like it was so hard to just get in the top 20 that maybe I just started ranking in a, a golden age for talent. And so now it's just back to the mean, like there's just reg natural regression there. Or maybe that was kind of what it's normally like depth-wise, and it's just a little down right now. I don't know. It's one of those. But all I know is a couple of years ago, it was way better than it is now. And it's not a bad thing, you know, but it's just what what I've observed a as a ranker. Does sure. that make sense? Sure. I, 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 I'm on the same page. Cool. I, I, I want to go back and look at that year, That <laughs> how freaking crazy, crazy good it was. Like, just legends. Four or five legends in one season. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a pivot. I didn't know. Well, we lost a couple. We lost a couple quality prospects in the Dassey boys. They would have <laughs> really. They were at, they, the I talent think pool. They they trained at the Askins, right? Yep, Dassey boys were trained at Askin Wrestling Academy. Yeah. So in, okay, we we've been meaning to to have our making the murderer talk because I said I want to finish it and then we can go. I finished it. What Willie? I, you know, it, it was uh, it's hard to explain it to somebody. What what it what happened in the show? And it's kind of some. It was a phenomenon that kind of. Took I don't it. think it's hard to explain. I think there was a corrupt county government. <laughs> All right, uh, we won't we won't spend a, a massive amount of time. But I have to say this publicly. Cor so corrupt that so corrupt that it makes them look silly. I mean, it, it's silly. How can – Brandon that, that Dassey – That county in Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin is silly. And Brandon Dassey – I now use Brandon Dassey as a foil for anybody that's not smart. It, it he was, is not smart. He's one of the dumbest human beings I've ever heard of. Well, I mean, it's – I'm not going to go – I mean, that's – yeah. D Dassey should never – he, he didn't know what the word inconsistent meant. He he confesses to murder and then is asking about WrestleMania afterwards. Like he just didn't understand. He confessed to a murder and asked uh, how long this was going to take because he has a project due in six period. Yeah, and that that was the only piece of evidence they had. This basically forced confession from this kid. And okay, can we talk about the fact that so. He's convicted, and Avery is convicted based on this testimony, right? That there's this bloody murder, stabbing, uh, a gunshot, everything. So there's got to be blood all over this trailer. And you're telling me that they went CSI Wisconsin and cleaned up every <laughs> drop of blood? These guys had yeah. IQs in the 70s, and we're to believe that they cleaned up everything, which they said is basically impossible. These guys scoured their property to the point that they're planting keys, but they couldn't find blood? How how did that happen? Just That's the only question I need to answer. Maybe Avery did it. It didn't happen. It was set up. I don't know. I, Avery, he's kind of a... He's kind of a messed up guy. He's not He's not completely blameless. He, he might be messed up, but there ain't no way that there's enough... Uh, right, there's not enough evidence to... Chroma, there's not enough chromosomes in that head to... Uh, to clean that mess up. To come up. up with that plan. To come up with that plan. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Uh, I, I think we need to shut the door on, on this, making murder. It was a sham of a trial. It was sad. If you haven't watched it, uh, don't worry. We just spoiled the whole thing for you. <laughs> uh, I, I found it I found it amazing that these people, these two women, spent like 10 years of their life living in Wisconsin just to make this film. Yeah, it, but it looked beautiful, that part of Wisconsin. It did? It was the, the junkyard? Well, not the junkyard, but, like, you know, the lake's kind of nice. But, although, it seems quite cold there. I don't know. Brendan Dassey, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, there might also be a 
some blood this weekend in Champagne. Oh wow! This duel, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're gonna have someone there to to film it and everything because this could be. Ricky great. Snakes, we're bringing Rick, snakes back. We're going to the pen, bringing snakes. Snakes making a comeback. Do you guys remember Ryan Blake? We call him Ricky. Christian calls him Ricky Snakes. No idea why, but uh, it's stuck. He used to work for Flow full time, and we're bringing him back for this event. And uh, shout out to my homeboy Ryan Blake. But he's gonna go film Nolf Imar and uh, the rest of the duel. It's gonna be a good uh, Conway Richards is interesting. How about Zane Richards said that Corey Clark wasn't in his league? Did, Did you he get- say that? So there was there was a um there was a message board thread on the Hawkeye report that was saying stuff about not in his league and I clicked on it and I read through some stuff and I I said to myself I'm missing something here because I don't get what they're talking about and so is that what happened? Did Corey or uh, Richard said that? Yeah, after he beat him, he's like, you know, he he's not on my yeah he basically said he's not on my he's not in my league you know he can't beat me he should never beat me. Um, right after the match was won in Sunday. Dane Richards is one of the best interviews. He is great. He's great. He's been he's been like that since high school. Oh, like, since tenth grade. Yeah, like he's been an amazing interview. But that's like his mentality. I it was actually I embedded the interview in a piece of content I did. I can't remember which one. But yeah, he basically said he's not as like so. Zane Richards feeling himself right now, and he's gonna take on Jordan Conaway, who's kind of a I don't know how to describe. He's like, I don't want to say little engine that could, because that's kind of belittling. But man, he just keeps coming, right? Like he just never. And Zane can fade. And I remember a year ago us saying Zane Richards doesn't fade, but I think we've seen it a couple times enough to say Zane Richards fades. It's happened. It's happened. I don't know what I, I mean. I haven't watched his matches recently. I guess I not this when, year. When, hey, he's you look, know when I was he's great this year. He's looked great this year. I've always thought. His engine was one of the one of his strong suits. That's what we said a year ago, and now but, I've seen it a couple times. I saw it at NCAA's, and I'm like, well, maybe maybe he does. Maybe he does fade a tad bit. Um, but I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. So that's the. But I think skill for skill, Richards should should beat Conway. Conway's looked great this year. He's really he's really looked strong. Well, um, what is your take? What is your take on? Um, Corey Clark, is he in this league? <laughs> Come on, of course he is. He's beaten him twice. He's beaten him twice. He just lost in sudden victory. Both of um, Zane's win over him were relatively close. Like one, t- I want to say one takedown matches, or he won by one takedown. I mean, very, very close. So well, I- maybe he's saying, maybe he's saying, I've lost to him in the past, but I should never. That should never happen. He can say that, but. Here, 14 seconds ago, you beat him in overtime. So yeah. Corey beat him 4-2, and then he beat him 6-5. Um, so yeah, I think I think the league they're they are definitely in the same league. Say, it's a, any uh, any response from Corey Clark? Oh, come on, no. Corey, Corey's I think Corey's pretty quiet guy. And then Corey beat him 8-2 at Big Tens. So. There's, there's a case to be made that he's in his league, um, but yeah, so that's a, but that's good. I like that. So, so the next like time that. they wrestle, though, I will be, I'll be looking at the coaches more than the wrestlers, probably. Cause I, it's not gonna, it's not gonna sit well with the Brands brothers. I, who knows? I mean, do they use stuff like that as fire? I mean, it depends on the guy, right? Why wouldn't you? Well, it depends on the guy. Some guys it might get them to wrestle out of, be outside of themselves, you know. Outside of where they're good, maybe you know, not. You don't want every guy going out there fired up and mad at what the guy said, right? You want them under control. I don't know. Speaking of speaking of Hawkeyes, I I guess we got to talk about this again. No, we don't. We don't have to, Willie. Well, Mushgate. Here's the thing: people are talking about it. People are talking about it. I like. Sometimes we talk about controversial things, not controversial things, but sometimes we talk about extracurricular things, and then people are like, well, you didn't have to talk about it. Uh, why are you talking about controversy? Uh, well, you know, why are you highlighting controversy instead of highlighting wrestling? Um, well, that's what people are talking about. That's what people are talking about. Like, to suppress it, it's not a bad thing. It's not like, 
you know, extracurricular stuff's not always a bad thing. When when the whole Flapgate thing, when the whole Flapgate thing happened, it wasn't like, oh my God, that's a travesty and that is a poor display of sports music. No, it's not. It happened. It's something that happened, right? Uh, when there's a when there's something that happens in football or basketball that's not in the field of play, people talk about it. Don't act like it didn't exist. Don't, don't, I mean, that's what people are talking about. That's what people, you know, I, I, I tune in to Colin Cowherd to uh, hear his take on a certain situation, whether that's in the field of play or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't blame us for talking about it. But anyway, Thomas Gilman, right? There's a, I can't believe there's a five-page thread. You were talking about it on Twitter yesterday. Um, and this one, you know, Thomas Gilman sometimes does things unconventional. Maybe he'll, he'll go over and he'll go in the Minnesota Gophers huddle. He'll, uh, he'll maybe push you out of bounds after the whistle. You know, he'll maybe put his hand on the back of your neck before he gives up the escape. Um, boo-hoo. Thomas Gilman. It's a, there's, there's a five-page thread on the mat.com, and I can't believe how it lasts five pages. I didn't read the whole – I didn't read any of it, really. Um, but – and then you put the video up on Twitter, and you were like, what's what's so wrong here? Yeah, I was I was a little confused. I mean, I – listen, Gilman will step it over every now and again. And I was – so I was I was actually prepared for something worse than that. But I think people's – Radars are so in tune with the Hawkeyes and with probably Gilman in particular that they're just waiting and like, let's see what he does. Let's see what he does. Oh, there it was. He he was holding his head. You see that? When he got up, his hand was on his head. So that means he's making our kids bad humans. So I hate Thomas Gilman. That's basically yeah. that's basically what happened. It was, yet, it was pretty not. It was, hey, listen, it's kind of a jerk move, right? Like it's, you're, it's a, I, I don't know. It's a bull. It's not. I mean, you, everybody does it. I'm not. And, and I'm yes. Just, okay, so, it literally so, happens everywhere. So if uh, you know, now your next your next response is, oh, if everybody does it, should you do it too? Uh, no, I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying I 100% like it. But I'm saying this is being this is happening in wrestling rooms. All right. Yeah. This doesn't just doesn't manifest itself during a match where everybody from Stanford to Sacred Heart is doing it, uh, and then you pick out Thomas Gilman doing it. Jason Nolf does it every time. Well, Jason, when he gets yes, – well, hold on. When the match is over? This no, match no, no. was over. No. no, when – before they give up the escape. But that's different. The match was over, Willie. This is that's completely different. Of course, that's how you cut a guy. When seven minutes comes up and it's time to get off the guy and go shake his hand, you don't have to hold his head. Ian Miller did it and then got punched. Right. And everybody complained about Ronaldo Rodriguez Spencer, not Ian Miller. Right. But when Thomas Gilman does it, then it's Thomas Gilman's fault. Well, the, Jimenez didn't punch him in the face afterwards. Um, but no, it's oh, so you, the you, reaction you, determines who the blame. No, but I'm saying why that reaction went that way. Like, what was the more egregious thing in the Jimenez-Gilman thing? Well, you could say him holding his head down. In Rodriguez-Spencer-Miller, obviously the punch in the face is worse. Uh, I'm say- but you can't compare that to an escape, Willie. Letting a guy no, up. That's, that's, a, res- that's a wrestling. They're doing it. I, like, but that is, how you, cut, that is how you cut a guy. That is how you cut a guy. Uh, but it's not how you have to get up after winning no, a wrestling no, match. You, that's not how you cut a guy. Sure. It's a, no, it's not. It's not unnecessary. It is not unnecessary. You keep your hands on the guy, and when he comes up, you're you're in a better position. Keep something when you give up the escape. Come you do up not with. Have your hand on the back of his neck. You do not have to. You're do that. keeping him down longer so you can get out in in better position. Absolutely. You know way too much wrestling to play dumb on this. You don't need to do that. No, you don't. There is wrestling-related value. You're out of pocket. Stop it. There is absolute value to coming out. I'm not. I'm done talking about this. I can. I'm not going to go down this road. Okay. Unbelievable. Move on. Move on. Missouri, Oklahoma State. Tomorrow, Willie. The streaks on the line for Missouri. They've won 37 in a row. An astounding accomplishment. 
and me, you know what? Me and uh, me and Bradkey did Whiteboard Wars already. Should have read my preview. Told you everything that was gonna happen. Well, we, it's fun to do. We're gonna do it. Uh, yeah, when are you running that? Someone asked. You're uh, you're what you call it? Your preview wasn't done when we shot it. We had to shoot it early because um, Bradkey and Vader are driving up there today. So we shot it early, and you know what? We did it, and I was kind of dismissive of of Missouri. I kind of said, like when we when we did it, we made our picks, and I. I, at the end, I'm like, man, this is a terrible matchup for Missouri. I don't like how it uh, match the the matchups, and Missouri doesn't have much of a chance. Um, but there is a slight chance, I think. Now, I didn't read your preview yet, so mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you my take, and then you tell me yours, uh, what you said in the preview. But I think there is a chance, but the the, the chance only exists if they bump. Mm. If Missouri bumps, okay. Um, I I did mention that that caveat in my preview, and I did have Oklahoma State winning. If they wrestle it straight up, I do see Oklahoma State winning. However, there are so many matches in the balance here. There are so many. Twenty five is in the balance. Like it's not even a big upset if Barlow McKee beats Eddie. Okay. Gary uh, Wayne, yeah, Gary that's, Wayne. That's true, but that's true. Here's the thing. Listen, you need to in, just listen to me. In breaking you just down need the to, you just need to listen for a second. Oh. Gary Wayne Harding beat Zach Sinnon last year. Beat him. Wrote him out. Couldn't he won four two? Okay, so that's a, that's a match. Dean Heil, yeah, he's a favorite for sure over Matt Manley. But that's in the balance. That's in the balance. Now, uh, Mays Kalika is kind of one for Oklahoma State where you could say, well, maybe they could pick up an upset there. But I, I just see there's a lot of opportunities for no, for Missouri. I mean, Ble- Butler no, could beat Crutchmer. It really isn't. There's too many. Oklahoma State has too many guaranteed things. I think. What are their guarantees? Ringer. Heil, Ringer. I I mean. Heil, probably, come on! You can't you can't go guaranteed with Dean Heil. I think he can. He's the number one kid in the country. Uh, I, I, I think he's not he going guaranteed. I think he wins. I, I, I predicted him can to win. Say, can you say that Barlow McGee can win? Yes. Can you say that um, 33 could go either way? Yes. Could you say Could you say that it's not out of the realm of possibility that Manley wins? Yes. But that's not like the other two. I, I would right? say there's – One isn't like the first two ways. Here, here are my guarantees. Ringer, JoJo, they're going to win. Okay. Willie Miklas will beat Nolan Boyd. Jaden Cox will beat Andrew Marsden. And Austin Marsden will beat uh, James Romero. Okay? So that's five total. Three for Oklahoma State, two for Missouri. And then there's a lot that's in the balance. Then with the X factor of Brian Smith, mad scientist, bumper guy, it, it well, could get it, out of... The bump, the bump comes down to this, Christian. Two things have to happen with that bump. One, Tim Miklas has got to beat Nolan Boyd. Doesn't have to beat him. Uh, Doesn't have to yes, beat him. Yes, he does. No. Yes, he absolutely does. If he doesn't beat him, then what's the point of bumping? You can get a t- by the bonus points I have. All right, listen. If Tim Miklas loses by decision to Nolan Boyd, and then M- Willie bumps up and wins at 97, which he will, and Jaden bumps up and beats Austin Marsden, which he could, then I have it, it's like 18-18. So that's, abs- a net, that's a net, net three-point game for Missouri. Where they would be losing three. No. Yeah. No, Miklas wins at 84, Jaden wins at... Um, 97. Jaden wins at 97, and Marsden wins at heavyweight. Wait, they're getting pinpoints. That's still a net gain of three, unless you're saying that Marsden's going to pin. Marsden is going to pin him. Marsden will pin James Romero. He's going to – it's it's not it's not a competitive match. Marsden is going to pin James Romero if they send him out there. Tip, pin or tech. Okay. Yeah. So that's I – that, I, I think that for the bump to work, I think they got to sweep. No, they, they don't have to. They do not have to sweep. They do not have to sweep. I mean, you just look at my preview. I have – here, here's what I have. I'm not going to read. Uh, I have Eddie winning. I have Sinnon beating Harding. 
I have Heil beating Manly. I have Mays beating Kalika. I have Joe beating Leroy Barnes. I have Ringer beating Lewis. Okay. I have Crutchmer beating Butler. Okay. From this point on. So what's the score right now? It's sixteen uh, six. So okay, they would okay. lose. I think they would lose by one here potentially. I, I don't know. I think the bump. That's what I mean. You're they, gonna have, I don't think they're they gonna have, have to make up points, not just save points. Anyway, um, you know, by that point, the match could go in a million different directions. Who knows what we have at that point? Um, but don't you think it's interesting this duel in particular when there's when there's this much intrigue, and this uh, you know, like I said. In whiteboard words, I was a little bit dismissive of, of Missouri's chances. They probably have a lot better shot than I gave them credit for, especially if there's lineup shifts. Um, but in a duel like this, don't you think it's very critical what weight they start at? Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. I, mean, I wonder. I, what, what, I think, what I think would be a good thing for the sport is if Brian Smith and John Smith got on the phone right now and determined – what weight they were starting at, and put out a press release. I want to know. I want to know right now what weight they're starting at. I, I normally don't like um, – sure, yeah, that's fine. But I honestly think the best weight to start at is 25. Because I think that's how, you know, the bumps are going to come at the end, and that's what's going to – that kind of intrigue is going to hover over the entire duel. Like, will they yeah, bump? Yeah, and, and then you can – then you can bump, right? Then you know if you have to bump. But if you but start at 84, but, but whoa, but that favors Missouri. Yeah. Why should they? Why should? Why should the team? Why should the team that's going to bump or or that could benefit from a bump? Why should they get the advantage of starting at a weight that will help them determine that? Um, you know, at who's number one sure. duels? Now listen to this. At who's number one duels? Uh, I said. I said I would like to start at, for the finals, I would like to start at 182 because 170 would be DeLavey and Labriola. That was a piece to the East final. They're ranked like fifth and sixth in the country, and I think it would be a good dramatic finish if it would come down to that. And rightfully so, the coaches said, well, I want to start at this weight. And the other coach said, well, I want to start at that weight. And... You know they couldn't agree. Yeah. I mean, there's reasons why there's reasons why certain teams want to start at certain weights yeah. because it's beneficial to them. It's beneficial how they can flex their lineup. So I just stuck with the play on the course of of how high school federation is, and um, and I went with that. But uh, you know, there's benefits to starting at different weights. And I'll tell you what another really weird thing is. I don't know if it's weird, but it's obvious. Um, so the past two years, especially this year, we've been more diligent about it, is um, doing these box scores every week. So, you know, we compile all the box scores on the results page, and that way the fans can look at every single result, uh, team score and individual score. And so they, you know, it's more informative to the fans. One place where they can find all the results on flow. And what I found, it's, it's always me or Bradkey that does it, typically. And when you look at it, Every like like ninety eight percent of the duels start at one twenty five. Yeah, I don't get it. So there's supposed to be this thing where they draw a random weight, but they're not doing it. They don't do it. No. And yeah. I'm I'm okay with it, but if you're supposed to, you're obviously not. I mean, are the, do you have to or do you not have to? What's the you know? You you have choice. You have the. Uh, it's up to you. You could go. You could start twenty five. You could agree on a weight, or you could do random draw. And I think that. I don't know if it's the home. Or I think the, maybe the visiting team decides, or they collaborate. I forget how how that works. But they never. What they never do is say, "Hey, let's start here," and they agree to it. That never happens. It's either random draw, but 98% of the time, as you mentioned, they just start at 25. And I wish they would play yeah. with it more. I mean, some of these duels, it, it's just. Why doesn't every tournament play with the order? I mean. I know. I mean, we were kind of upset at. Um at the scuffle, I guess it was too not late upset, to notice. Or whatever. Yeah, we, we not upset, but uh, uh, you don't want to end with Marsden de Jornet, right? If we had our, if we had our choice, we would end it with Nolf and and JoJo one for the matchup, two for the team race, and it's just more dramatic of a finish, right? So, 
Um, I mean, MMA like understands that, think, this. Right, yeah. I think things like that uh, help maintain interest throughout the competition. Um, and, and for big duels like this, I would like to see it announced at some point, right? Like, it would be really cool if like, at noon today they announced Missouri, Oklahoma State will start at 174 or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Whatever the way may be. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. It would be major disadvantage, I think, to Missouri if it started at, at 74 or 84 like that. Well, I'm just throwing yeah, it. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be a great duel, I think. I mean, it just I feel like Brian Smith is just worth a couple points in a duel, right? Like, it's just one of those things you don't what know if where. It started at 41. What if it started at 41 and then Bobby Boucher came out at halftime? <laughs> And the Mud no, Dogs won the Burning Bowl. Hey, Brock, you got a 133. That would be something. It's not happening. Hey, r- real quick, uh, heavyweight situation for Penn State. Nevels is drilling, apparently. Anthony Kassar is getting ready. So I think and uh, Coach Sanderson basically said one of those two guys will go up Big Tens. Uh, so interesting wrinkle. Obviously, Nevels the better option, but the health consideration plus the idea of him – losing a year um what's your opinion what direction should they go there willie do you have one because i have one well i think they should go i think they should go with nettles if nettles is ready i don't it depends it depends on their health i don't think they should use him i think the, the six years like apparently nothing's guaranteed with ncaa but he's he's gonna get the extra year if he doesn't wrestle why so you can so you can get another year at the southern scuffle so you can get another year? So another, another optimal year of, year of Nick Nevels instead of a year where ah, he can go, he's kind of healthy. Here's the thing. Well, no, I didn't say that. I did not say that. I said if he's ready. Uh, ready. Uh, he, there's no way he's going to be ready, ready to optimize Nick Nevels. It's not possible with, with the, uh, yeah, the nature I, of the injury. I don't know. As the, much as you guys like to dismiss, I say you guys, um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people like to dismiss. Well, he's only you know a six placer, and that only gives you a couple points. And uh, I don't know if it's worth it to help a team title race because it's only this many points. I don't care what you say. That's a lot of points. That's a that's a lot of points. It's a lot of potential. And if I was in a team race, I would use everything. At, I would give myself every chance at my disposal to maximize my points. And if, if I was Penn State and Nick Nevels was 80%, I'm but using This is him. not what Penn I, State I, does. I mean, last year... I'm, I, don't, I don't care that. You're asking me my opinion. Yeah. You're asking me what I would do, right? I'm, and I'm saving at him. no point... Yeah, you're saving him. You're saving him so that uh, in 2021, Nick Nevels wrestled at the Southern Scrabble. Who the freak cares? No, no, I'm not. I... I I want him. They don't need him this year. I mean, I I truly believe that. That's They'll, not true. It's not true. It will be true. It could turn. It could. It could turn out to be true. But you can't say that now. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I'm currently. No. I'm currently yeah. saying it now. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying it. Yeah. You you also did not have Ohio State winning the title last year. So. That was. So. What are what are the what is similar about um these team races. You're comparing the team. point is things they tied at Big Tens, Willie. You cannot, you cannot. Who cares about the Big Ten championship? You cannot sit here and say they don't need them. This is going to happen because it doesn't happen. It never happens that way. But there's never, never blowout team they races. Taylor and Ed, they had David Taylor and Ed Ruth. They were in dogfights. They're going to win. You use everything at your disposal. Okay, I wouldn't. I'd wait because never mind, never mind. I don't think they'll use him. Maybe they will. Maybe it's a miraculous recovery. But it sounded like there's no way he could be at his best by Big Tens. Optimize. Well, you know, I'm not privy to. I'm not privy to where he's at. I'm saying that if he's close, I would use him. I I would not sacrifice a potential sixth year so that he can have some dual meets in 2020. Right. At the at the at the expense of um, 
at the expense of a potential national title. And and so if they use them and they win by 15 points and you say, well, they didn't see it, they didn't need them, so what? Better safe than sorry. Better better safe to lock up that title than to leave it to chance, Okay. number, number one. Number two, uh, what about when Gable Stevenson is, is comes off red share in 2020? Okay. Then they have two heavyweights. Come on. Come on. Are you, are you dropping some bombs here? What? What are you saying? Gable? Uh, or Seth Nevels or something. You know, by that time, Seth Nevels wants to go on. I mean, Nick Nevels wants to go on, and he wants to wrestle freestyle or something, you know? Uh, you don't worry about six years down the road. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I've had uh, my share of you for, for an hour. I'm ready for this show to be done. Are you ready? Are, are you okay with moving on? This may be our last one. Our our studio here could be destroyed. And is this really the note you want to leave uh, FRL on? You you uh, the note of rationality? The note of superior intellect. No. And superior Supe- intellect. Stop it. Yes, I think it's a perfect way. I think it's a perfect way to end the series. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been bringing the superior intellect the whole show. You're just you're just being you're just being mean, Willie. You're just being a mean person. So I'm playing the outro music. That means it's time for Willie. That year, means it's time for Willie year, to stop year. talking. Before he gets hung up on. Next year, if they don't, uh, Jason Nolf, maybe they should you know, just put him on the shelf, try to get a seventh year. Because uh, they don't need him. Imagine right? working it's with better. this guy. It's, it's, it's better, it's better if Jason Nolf. He is the uh, worst. You know, Thank you for listening. Thank you for, I'm going to hang up on him. One more word, I'm zapping him, okay? Thank you for listening. Make sure get you're subscribed. I'm doing it. I did it, guys. You didn't think I would. Deuces, Willie. Thank you for listening. Subscribe on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Be safe if you're in the snow. Later on.